Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Especially those of you that are on the phones. Oh, man, I'll have to go in. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, but you know you can read it from yours. In the city of Jericho, there lived a very wealthy man. Say with me, very wealthy. Named Zacchaeus, who was the supervisor over all the tax collectors. Not only was he just a tax collector, he was the supervisor over all of them. As Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. Say with me, eager. He kept trying to get a look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. So Zacchaeus was a very short man, a man of short stature, and he couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he used creativity, right? He ran on ahead of everyone, climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. And when Jesus got to that place, he looked up to the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down, for I am appointed to stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and he came face to face with Jesus. So as Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained. He says, look at this. Of all the people that have dinner with, he's going to go eat in the house of a crook. So much for the testimony of a tax collector in those days. So Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and he was amazed over his gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and he said, quote, half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. So not only does he admit there that he had stuff that belonged to the poor, but he also admitted he stole it. He, he, he became real with Jesus. And Jesus said to him, this shows that today life has come to you and your household. For you are a true son of Abraham. So that means that they're fake sons of Abraham? Interesting. So the son of man has come to seek out and give life to those that are lost. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you seek us out. We're not the ones seeking you out. You are seeking us out. Before Zacchaeus knew that you were coming, you already knew he was going to be on that tree. So, Lord, we thank you, Father, that you knew our situation, our condition, Lord God, and you sought us out. So today I pray your blessing upon your people. Open up the eyes of their understanding that they would be able not just to hear your word, but understand your word and understand your love and your grace and favor and understand that which you are sharing with them today by your spirit. We'll give you the glory for it, and we thank you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen Amen. and amen. Praise God. As you sit down, greet about four or five people. Tell them that God is awesome. He's a good God. He's a good God all the time. Hallelujah. Yes, he is. He is awesome. Praise God. Good to see each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're good? Praise God. She got like two extra, two extra. Yeah, yeah that's all right. That's good, that's good. 
Praise God. Right? Show each other love. Man. All week long we're dealing with the supervisors and, and our life. It's good to come to the fellowship of the brethren. In the website, allaboutjesuschrist.org, they share these thoughts about tax collectors in Jesus' day. In biblical times, the tax collector was considered by the Jews to be a traitor and very probably a thief. Why? Because the land of Israel was occupied by Rome. And the taxes were collected, they went to Rome. There were several levels of authority, but the custom house officers who were encouraged by their superiors to charge compensatory taxes did most of the real uh, tax collection. And these men often charge fraudulent taxes with remedy almost impossible. So these tax collectors overcharged the people and brought false charges of smuggling in the hopes of extorting hush money from the people. That's why tax collectors became very wealthy. See, And the tax collectors were called publicans. And this word means that they were the collector of public revenue. So in other words, a tax collector worked for the government in charge, and that government happened to be Rome. So the publicans or tax collectors were considered traitors and apostates. They also defiled, they, they also defiled by their contact with Gentiles, and because of that, they were working for the quote-unquote enemy, which was Rome, which they were, which they hated, obviously. So uh, an example, Matthew, you know the one who wrote the Gospel of Matthew? He was a tax collector by trade. So as Jesus went on from there and saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. He said, follow me. And Matthew got up and he followed him. That's Matthew 9, 9. When Jesus called Matthew, he went and he followed. He became one of Jesus' apostles. Matthew was a Jew who worked for the Roman government, and therefore he was also hated. Did you know that about Matthew? He was hated in his day because of his work you know, as a tax collector. Therefore, the fact that these tax collectors were hated and considered the worst sinners, the worst sinners by most of the population, and even the Pharisees in particular. It was that they worked for the occupiers, Rome. So while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house one time, many, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees, the religious men of their day, they saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. But go and learn what this means. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen. Amen. See, so that, uh, Jesus was after them. And this is what, what he did, praise God. He calls us to have mercy. He desires mercy. What is one of the biggest issues we have right now in our nation? What are one of the biggest challenges? Hate. Racism, division, elitism. But yet the gospel is he comes to give mercy. It, it's a contrarian spirit today. Yes. And even if you try to bring mercy and you even say you're a Christian, uh, they'll even challenge you for that. They'll ostracize you for that. They'll call you a bigot for that. But don't, don't be deceived. That spirit of that age has come to bring destruction. It's come to bring hate. I, I can't hate you into the kingdom. I've got to love you into the kingdom. I've got to show mercy. Amen. If somebody shows you hate, we have to give them the opposite spirit. See? So because the Pharisees hated the tax collectors and sinners, they thought that Jesus should too. 
The fact was that Jesus sat and ate with what was considered the dregs of society. It was actually an act of grace. See, the Pharisees could not understand that. The religious people couldn't understand that. I came from a church years ago, 45 years ago. I was born again. They were very quick to, to judge and uh, quick uh, to, to put you even in discipline because you dressed differently. Uh, or maybe you cut, especially the ladies, if they would cut their bangs, they would put them on six months of what they called discipline. Where in the world is that even seen in scripture? If a woman wear a pair of pants, that's it. They were fried for at least a year. If a man wore one of these, that's it. Because this was considered vanidad, vanity. But yet it's not in scripture. Not for nothing, but even Jesus had a beard. So I, I could not get it. But it's called, what was that? What was that? Listen, it was a spirit of legalism. That's what it is. And the Pharisees had that. They could not understand that Jesus was there to bless them. He was there to reveal the word to them. They got angry that he hung. No, hold on a second. You should hate him like we should hate him. Aren't you a rabbi? It just doesn't make sense. But that's what Jesus was dealing with. He called them to repentance. He called them to, to grace. Christ had mercy on the tax collector and the sinner. And he always received them that way because according to Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And you and I were lost before Jesus. Why is it that so many people get saved and then suddenly they become elitists? Where does that even come from? The, the, the Bible says we have the spirit of Jesus. So therefore, we should be merciful. We should be loving. So Zacchaeus was also a tax collector. Not only was he a tax collector, he was their supervisor, which meant that he had teams of tax collectors under him. They would receive, or rather they would give him a cut of everything they received. So because of that, my man became very wealthy. He said he was very wealthy. Tax collectors amassed personal wealth by demanding tax payments in excess of what Rome levied and kept the difference. Man, isn't that easy to make money? Isn't that nice? Life is sweet. It's easy to make money nowadays if you're in the government. Whew. Seems to be the same way today. Most of the nation is suffering, suffering right? And Washington, D.C. is awash with money. They're building new airports because so many people are coming to the place that has the money. That's what they do. That's what human beings do. And this is the problem I always have. When you say, no, the government will take care of you. Uh, with all due respect, the government does not know how to do business. Amen. That's true. Never did, never can, right. never will. Because they get in there poor, within five minutes, five, oh, I'm sorry, within five years, they're multimillionaires. On a government salary? Come on, please, wake up. They watch after they own. If something happens, it becomes a good old boys club and they care more about themselves than the people. Yes. So we have to understand that and we have to take care of our own. We have to make sure we study. We have to make sure we prepare. Because government is not going to... It might take care of you a year or two. Just this morning I was listening to a kid that ran away from him and his family from Venezuela. And he was talking on radio this morning. He said, listen, you people better be careful. You better watch out. Our government did that for us years ago. They said free, free school, free government, free home, free this, free that, free the other. And years later, they realized that they had given out so much money to the people that they couldn't continue that, that huge uh, removal of money from government. They would take the money and give it back. So after a while, all the people, and his family was middle class, 
they were making three, four thousand, according there, there was middle class, three, four, five thousand a month. After a while, they were making two dollars a day. Because government took it all from them in order to accomplish or to do what they promised. But in fact, what actually happened was the Venezuelan government became very rich. They became billionaires. And the people became destitute. So this is the natural tendency of humanity. You can't trust groups of men with large amounts of money. In, 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 invariably, the sin nature allows greed to get in the way. It happens. It's happened in every single culture. It will continue to happen because we still have the sin nature within us. And it was happening in that day. These, these guys, instead of being honorable, uh, how much you owe? Ten shillings? Fine. Let it be ten shillings. No, it's like twenty shillings. And then it would take ten shillings and put it in their pocket. This still happens today. Do not be deceived. So, even though he was a fraud, a cheat, his name actually means pure. So he was destined to be pure. He was supposed to be pure. He was supposed to be righteous. But here he is living an unrighteous life. So even though he was a fraud, a cheat, he was supposed to be pure. When Jesus calls Zacchaeus down from the tree, he was about to reveal to Zacchaeus his true destiny and purpose. So quickly, several things I see in the actions of Zacchaeus. Number one, Zacchaeus was actually eager to see Jesus. One of the things about Almighty God is God knows our hearts. Amen. We could fool people. You cannot fool God. If you're eager to meet Jesus, if you're eager to have a relationship with God, guess what? He knows that. To those that seek me, they will find me. Zacchaeus wanted to meet Jesus. He had it in his heart. He was eager. He was so eager. I mean, who climbs on trees? I mean, really, who climbs on trees? I mean, was, when I was a kid, I would try it. It was never really fun. It was just a challenge, I guess. Yes. But people normally don't. You know, and a fig tree? Who's going to climb a fig tree? A lot of leaves. So he did it. He wanted to see Jesus. He was, I mean, he was adamant. I got to get a, uh, you know, and, and the problem was he was small. He was short. He wasn't like King Saul of old. King Saul was like 6'4", six, 6'6". Six, six. But this man probably was like maybe 5'4 or something like that, or 5'6, you know, average size guy. And he couldn't see Jesus. So he went on a tree to see him. I gotta get a glimpse of this Messiah. I gotta get a glimpse. I, I'm hearing so many things. What was it that he heard about Jesus that made him so eager? And this is the key right there. The fact was that he did hear something about Jesus. And contrary to what they're saying to you today, you have the greatest message that exists. Right. You have the greatest message ever. Amen. And you go out there, oh, you're one of those? Oh, no, uh, I have the greatest message, though. So people are still, when they hear the word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when we share our testimonies about what Jesus did for us, it'll spark interest in other people. And they'll want to come with us to church, or they'll want to hear about Jesus, or right, right in the job. Last week I was hanging out a bit with, um, with Christine and Ed, uh, their landlords here in the South Bronx. And uh, they were so excited to have us come over that they took us into their office, then they took us into that back room. What they did is they took the entire basement of the, of the building and connected it with another building because they have various buildings. And what they did is they created an after school program for the kids in the community. 
every month they minister to the kids and bring pizza and share the word. The place packs out. And then, since I was there during lunchtime, the staff, the handymen, the porters, were showing up, sitting down in a room that they made specifically, like a little mini church. And Ed himself, the part, landlord, you know, him and his wife, they're the team, he was about ready to teach the word to them. Come on now. Amen. At work? Actually, yes. Wherever you are, you're the missionary to that place. Amen. And this is the problem. We don't see ourselves as that. We don't see ourselves as missionaries where we're at. We say, oh, it's just a job. Excuse me, is there people around you? Well, guess what? That's your mission field. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul told Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. It wasn't that Timothy was an evangelist. He was a pastor. But we're all called to do the work of an evangelist. What's an evangelist? The one who carries the evangel, the good news. Amen. Walking, talking good news. And somebody had told this man, this nasty man, this criminal, <laughs> right, about Jesus. And he was incredibly interested to the point where he got on a tree. Who gets on a tree? Number two I see about Zacchaeus is Zacchaeus was creative in getting to know about Jesus. Creative, creativity. That's part of our nature. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor you have creativity. Yeah, you're creative. You have gifts, you have abilities, you have creativity. God gave you that creativity. It's not for you to just keep it to yourself. Amen. These are gifts and abilities. Right. And Zacchaeus used them to connect with his future. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so right now you have creativity and God wants you like these two landlords that I saw. Use creativity wherever you're at. You can start a Bible school right in your job. You can start a Bible school in home. And call your neighbors. Why don't you? Oh, I, I never did that. So be the first one. You can write notes to your neighbors. You can send emails to your neighbors. That's what I do. Where I live, I got all, all their emails. I send them Happy New Year. God bless you. Have a great year. And, you know, some of them respond. Some of them don't. But I don't care. I'm sending out the word. You, you got to send the word out like a seed. You know, when farmers sow, they don't know which seed is the one that's going to take root. But what they do is they sow a lot, a lot of seeds. The Bible says sow in seven, yea, even eight fields because you don't know which one's going to prosper. So we need to employ our creativity. What is it that you do? What, what type of job you do? What type of business do you have? God will show you if you are really, really interested in sharing Jesus with someone else, God will show you how to do that. He will. He just needs to know that you're really, really interested. And if you are, you have God's heart. Because what was the last thing? What was the last will and testament of Jesus? Before he was taken up, what was the last thing he told the disciples, the people around him? Go into all the world. Yeah. Go into all the world. And it didn't say, it didn't just say preach. It actually said preach and make disciples of all nations. That changes the story. Because to preach is just one thing. One time. I am preaching to you. Bye. Have a nice life. Mm -hmm. That's like that's that's what I call like the turtle action. What does that mean, the turtle action? Well, I thank you that you asked. <laughs> the turtle action means that they have their babies, they lay they lay their eggs and they're gone. That's yeah, exactly. so, what we think that God's calling us to do. Preach and run. Let me oh. preach it quick enough so I can run, they won't hit me. No, the Bible says preach and disciple. 
Now disciple is a different story because disciple means come alongside the person and mentor them and continue to train them until they're full grown spiritually. So that means I can't hit and run. I have to sit and stay. I have to develop relationships. God's a, a relational God. Paul would come into a town and he would stay two years preaching the gospel, raising up leaders, uh, building up churches. Then he'd go to another region. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to connect with people and stay with them. God's relational. What did Jesus say when, when, when you pray? Pray this way. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. Stop right there. Our Father. Well, that prayer is relational. I'm not praying to a strange God somewhere. Oh, mighty God of the stones. No. Our Father. Daddy. Abba. That's relationship. That means I'm his son. That means I'm his, or you are your daughter. Daughter or son. Praise God. So we have to understand that God wants us to have that relationship, not just with him. It's like, you know, the cross. The cross has two places where it points. It points this way, but it also points that way. When Jesus died on the cross, open hands, embracing all of humanity. Hallelujah. I don't know if that's scriptural, but it sounded really good. <laughs> but it was. His hands were open and continued to be open. And in the, in the cross, he spoke upward, but he also spoke to the people. John, there's your mother. What, what are you saying? Oh, today you'll be with me in paradise. See, he didn't only minister to the Father. He ministered also to Jesus. So if you only minister to the Father, yeah, I pray every once in a while. Yeah, but that's not complete. You're supposed to minister this way, and then you, from that strength and from that wisdom, now you minister this way. In other words, you minister to those around you. Somebody ministered to Zacchaeus, a criminal, a person that people hated, the dregs of society. <laughs> Praise God. Another thing is that Zacchaeus realized his limits. He was limited. He was a small guy. He couldn't get to Jesus, but he did whatever he could to do so. But we all realize we have limits. Who here does not have limits? I need to put you in a movie somewhere because you're Superman. Now, actually, even Superman had a limit. You got him close to kryptonite, that's it. But that's not real. All of us have limits. And we have to know our limits. The quicker you realize that these limits of yours are there, the quicker you know how to work with your strengths. Instead of focusing on my limits all the time, man, I'm no good. I, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do But what can you do? See, we're supposed to uh, work on our strengths. God gave you strengths. You know, some of these games you play, um, you'll have uh, an avatar, and they'll have strengths, and they'll have weaknesses. You have to use your strengths to go up and protect yourself from your weaknesses, right? So that's what I do. I protect myself from my weaknesses. So if I don't know how to do something good in one way, somebody will help me in that. But the things I'm strong at, that's what I really need to push. Most of us are trying to fix our mistakes all the time. We never advance because we never use our strengths. Amen. And God is saying, I made you strong that way for a purpose. Use it for my glory and for the benefit of those that I've given you the privilege to minister to. Hallelujah. We'll always have weaknesses, but that's where God calls us into a body. Praise God. My hands needed to be here today. My mouth needed to be here today. The problem with my mouth is my mouth is limited. It can't walk to places. My mouth cannot use the car to drive me.
to uh, you know, 409 Under Hill Avenue. My ears cannot drive me to 409 Under Hill Avenue. But guess what? My ears are here. My mouth is here. My hands are here. Why? Because the rest of my body kicked in and got the job done. Some of you will get that on Tuesday. <clears throat> Think about it. I don't have to do everything. I have a team. I have a group. We're going to get there together. Amen. Problem with many of us Christians is we think we have to be the superstar and get it all done. God didn't call you to be a superstar. God called you to be part of the body. Yes. So shine where you're at. You know, learn to be comfortable in your own skin. Amen. You're going to have shortcomings. Get over it. Get over it. You are who you are. I remember years ago, I've said it to, to the congregation here, but it always bears repeating because it, it happened to me, and it's a testimony. I remember, I hated the way I speak. I liked the way they spoke. I didn't like the way I speak. I didn't like my voice. I didn't like my inflection. I didn't, I didn't like my accent. Yeah, everywhere I go, when I, when I go out of the city, people, have, people say I have an accent. I, don't, I can't hear my accent. But I didn't like it anyway, I didn't like it. And so uh, I asked God, I said, God, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like myself too much. I don't like what I am. And God had to teach me. God had to reveal to me. He said, son, I made you valuable. There will always be somebody that will listen to you your own way. Amen. As long as I fought it, I went nowhere. But the moment I said, okay, God, fine. I'm going to be the way I am. I'll never be like that person. It would, really, it would be so cool to be like that person. <laughs> but I, I didn't pay his price or her price. Amen. They paid their own price to be where they're at. Number two, God gifted them differently. I'm not supposed to be like that person. Amen. So we have to be comfortable in our own skin. Tell, tell your neighbor, be comfortable in your own skin. Amen. You, you, you can't do everything, but you certainly can do something. And you can do it well. God calls us all to be masters at something. So find out what you're good at, what you're passionate at, what God called you to be, how he, you know, you're bent, and become a master at that. Amen. Who said you can't be? That's right. Who said you can't be? Be yourself, be yourself and be the best That's yourself right. that you can be. <clears throat> that was what? That was today's lesson? Serious? Wow, praise God. So we're, 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 we're there, we're there, we're there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Another thing about Zacchaeus is he realized that he had hurt people. He realized that he had hurt people. So he was willing to change his behavior and lifestyle to please God and to help people. Wow, that, that's amazing. Because most of us, when I say most of us, I'm not talking about here, I'm talking about in general. We're always trying to deflect. Not me, not my fault, I didn't do it. I didn't do it, I didn't do anything. Why are you blaming me? I'm the victim here. We're always saying that. It's so much more righteous to just admit when you blew it. It's so much more righteous to admit, yeah, I, I messed up. So what? I messed up. So you do too, right? So I learned it. So when I messed up, I said, I blew this one. Again, I'll share this. I know I've shared it before. But those of you that haven't heard of it, I remember I had a very responsible position, very responsible position at a building, and I made a huge mistake. I forgot. Um, and what I did, I cross-booked on, on the same calendar at our building a major move on a Jewish holiday. And that was a huge no-no at our building. 
they don't allow work. It's a very fancy building, and uh, there were some laws that were bigger than others. That one was like one of the major laws. And so I called the guy back. I said, listen, I made a mistake. I know you said you wanted to move in this day, but it's, it's a high holy day in this building. They don't allow moves. Says, That's your problem. You fix it. I got to move. I, I shut down everything. I'm moving out of my apartment. I don't have anything. You got to deal with that. I went, ding. Do you know when your hairs stand on end? And it's not like a Yankees wind type of hair standing on end when you realize, oh, my God. There's just no way I can get out of this. And I thought about it, and I thought about it. You know, we can get creative sometimes in trying to get out of stuff. Nothing worked for me. And finally, I realized, I sent a letter to the board. I said, board, I messed up. And this is what I did. I'm very apologetic, uh, and I'll take responsibility for it, whatever it is you guys need to do. I mean, I thought I'm going to be fine. I shared what it is, and I said, send. Send it to all of the board and management. And so my direct supervisor sends me an email shortly after that. He says, Victor, why in the world are you throwing your own self in the bus? Uh, okay, you messed up, big deal. You know, we, we move on. But in my head, I'm thinking, that's it, I'm gonna be tarred and feathered, you know, uh, jail for 30 days. <laughs> no, no, I mean, literally, I, I just, I made a big, big, big thing. You, you, your imagination can take you to places that really aren't there. And my, my imagination was on overload. I'm just working overtime. And uh, I did like, you know, movie Avatar, all that imagination. I had a, like an Avatar movie. That's oh, horrible, horrible. Put myself through so much. And the board responded. Said, thank you for letting us know. While we don't uh, really like the building to be used, it's, it's okay. You, you let us know, we're good with it. Admit it. Yeah, it just, I went, Whoa, that's so cool. Man, thank you. <laughs> Let me go have some lunch now. Man, I couldn't even eat. It was just so horrible. But that's it. You know, we just have to admit. We have to realize. And this man went up to Jesus. And he says, listen, I, I've done some bad things. So from this moment forward, in your presence, if I have stolen anything, I'm going to give it back four times as much. And I'm going to give half of what I own to the poor. Jesus, instead of saying, yeah, you're only saying that because I'm here, right? No. He says, today life has come into your home. You are a true son of Abraham. What Jesus was saying is this you're doing it from your heart. You're believing in me from your heart. True sons of Abraham are sons of the faith. Not those that call themselves by name. So you can have many Christians out there, but those that are Christians of the heart, those are the ones that Jesus knows to be true. And he called them a true son. Of Abraham. Hallelujah. So how many true sons of Abraham do we have here? Glory to God. Amen. Another thing, Jesus, or rather Zacchaeus, was open to have Jesus in his home. He was open. How many of us are open to have Jesus in our home? And you know, I do my church thing, but leave me alone at home. My home is my business. <laughs> at work, at work. None of, this, none of this Jesus stuff at work. Listen, Jesus is welcome anyway. That, that, him and me, we are, we're one. Praise God. If you don't like me, if you hate me because I'm Christian, that's your problem because it's Jesus and me. I'm, I'm proud of, you know, it, it's like Paul said, he said, I'm proud of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. I'm not ashamed of it. 
many Christians are ashamed. Are you a Christian? Yeah, so it's like they're secret agent man. Just secret Christian. Nobody knows. Bless God. Nobody. <laughs> Where in the world did that come from? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're secret service Christians. Nobody knows they're Christians. Where in the world did that program come from? It's like, that's like from 1960. Hallelujah. Once, now, here's the big thing about this, and this is what I love about the story of Zacchaeus. Once Zacchaeus changed, change began in the community. Because once God got a hold of this man, this man then began to change the community. Why do I say that? Because he gave half of his goods to the poor. Zacchaeus became a benefactor to many poor folk. He began to minister in community. How does that roll out? I don't know. He was a very wealthy man. He's probably a multimillionaire. So if you give half of your multi-millions to community, what is that going to do for community? Well, children are going to be ministered to. Homes are going to be ministered to. People are going to be able to eat that couldn't eat before. People that have lost a home, maybe they might get a, a new home or something like that. Maybe started a settlement or a community or a community of buildings. We don't know how. We just know that once God got a hold of this precious man who was supposed to be pure, but he had been defiled because of his earthly nature, now he turns around, becomes who he's supposed to be, and now he went and started changing community. Hallelujah. 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 Then those he stole from got four times back. Now, I don't know about you, but I would love to get that kind of interest right about now. That's 400%. You show me that, I'll put all my money in that. How much is the bank giving you today? 0. 0.00001. It's horrible. And then they take your money and then lend it back to you in form of a credit card and charge you like 22%. Bunch of thieves. Sorry, anybody in the banking industry, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the system. Because <laughs> if you work for a bank, you're just an employee. You didn't, you know. I'm just saying the system is a thieving system. It's meant to take <laughs> service fees. Yeah, I, I, I heard something like billions of dollars in overdraft fees this past year. There was a settlement? You got some money back? How much money you got back? 320? 320. So 1.3 billion, 320 dollars. I think the bank got a good deal out of that one. You know, they do that all the time. Pharma, big pharma does that too. They'll put out a, a, a new injection, right? Or a new medicine. The medicine kills 300 people, <laughs> makes 40 billion, and then um, the government makes them pay a $500 million fee. Nobody goes to prison, because they're exempted, by the way. People died, and they made 40 billion and they paid 500 million. If that. Yeah, if that. That's a pretty good system. That's a cash cow. A certain amount of debts is acceptable. They, they wouldn't, if it was, it's like below 200, 300, 500, it's an acceptable amount of debt. Exactly. With any drug. With any drug. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And you know, it's interesting because I see this all the time on TV. They're, they're 
pushing this particular, and they have very nice, fancy names for them. I, I think that they, they just put compound names together and just, you know, okay, let's get like 10 names together, blah, 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 blah. Okay, here's the next one. Right, they'll push it for a year, then right after that comes the, the lawyers and the advertising. Huh? May, oh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. In every single commercial, take this. This will help you for this. And you see the, the, the mother with the daughter, they're skipping to Malou, you know? And, but meanwhile, on the bottom, it's saying it causes this, your head falls off, your eyes pop out. <laughs> you grow 10 arms. This is, this is ridiculous. I'm looking at one. Really? Really, yeah. And then next year, you have then the lawyers coming in and suing. So that's where the 50 million or 500 million come in. It's a yeah. settlement. They, they, cannot, they cannot do studies on human beings. So they allow, uh, government allows that to happen so that they can test the drug. But they're covered because they're testing the drug on these pet studies. But you're, you're taking it and you know it's being allowed. But you could lose your life. You could develop other illnesses because of it. And then they get, okay, now these are the side effects. Then they can put it on the box. These are the five side effects. But they're still covered. They're covered. I, 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 maybe about a year ago, there's I think a cold I had or something like that, and I always read. I've learned to read, so I looked at at it. You might lose your sight. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh huh. Let's buy some lemons. <laughs> let's make some lemonade. Uh, douse myself with vitamin C. Sleep. Yeah, I was okay in a week. Might lose your sight. Yeah, that's the problem. The side effects can come out a, a year, sometimes six months. Yeah, not easy, not easy. But anyway, back to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus changed his community. So how are you changing your community? Well, I got no amens. I got crickets. Where's, where's Tony? Tony knows how to make the sound of a cricket. I, don't, I still don't know how he does that. Very talented man. So, oh, okay. So Pastor Eileen from North Carolina just sends her greetings. She says, give everyone my love and blessings. Thank you, Pastor Eileen. Praise God. I keep that next to me in case anybody wants to talk to me. So he began to minister to the poor and to community. He acknowledged that he had stolen from people in the past. He made restitution four times what he had taken from them. So Jesus let him know that his life had come to him and his household. Life had come to him and his household. Life had come to him and his household. So what's our responsibility? We receive life. We give it to our household. How are you ministering to your children? How are you ministering to your wife, your son, your, your husband? Are you ministering to them? It's not just enough to get life. Once you get life, minister to your household your responsibility. Amen. He was a true son of Abraham. What did he do when he met Jesus? He made sure that his household also received the gospel. He made sure that his household also received that connection with Almighty God. Very, very vital. And in continuance with that, Jesus sought out Zacchaeus because he was lost. Amen. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have the love of God. 
it's been shed abroad in our hearts. So are we looking also for the lost? Or are we so consumed by the culture that we have stopped the Spirit of God from ministering through us? I'm not saying anything at the moment because you need to think about that. Are we allowing the Spirit of God to flow? Are we ministering love? Are we ministering His grace? Are we ministering to our household? Or is life hitting us? I'm too busy. Well, you know, not for nothing, but Jesus will ask us what we did with the gifts he placed inside of us. There's coming a day where we will all bow the knee before Almighty God. Remember the parable of the talents? He came back. He said, what did you do with my talents? They were never their talents. They were always just stewards. We're managers of that which we have today. 100 years from now, none of us will be alive. We'll all be in the presence of God. 100 years from now, what will your gifts say about you? Your talents, your ability. That which God placed in your hands. See, now's the time. There are many people out there that live in regret because now they've grown older and they've looked back and they never used their gifts in some way or measure to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They look back and say, oh God, forgive me. You know that gentleman that died next to Jesus on the cross? Yes. He said, you'll be with me in paradise. But he did not go into heaven with any rewards. He did not go into heaven, in heaven with anything he could say, Lord, I was able to share. The only thing he can say is, well, my last breath, you know, it became a uh, part of the testimony of scripture yes. to show your love. So he has that, but he can't say he ministered to the youth. He, he had a, an after-school program. He could never say he discipled somebody. He, he never could say any of that. But we, we can, we have that opportunity. What are we doing? Well, the church never lets me do anything. Well, listen, the church wasn't the one that saved you. And you don't have the spirit of, quote, unquote, the church in your, you have the spirit of Jesus. Jesus transcends earthly rule. In case somebody holds you back one way, God knows how to get you into his purposes. Amen. What did he use? Creativity. And God will give you creativity. When I went to that building where those two, two landlords are ministering, the pastor wasn't there. The church wasn't there. It was him, his wife, and his daughters. They're the ones ministering in that area. What is your realm, your sphere of influence? I would even go so far to say that you already have an inkling as to what you should be doing. And many of us, many times, we push it away. Oh, I'm too busy to do that. No, I can't do that. Or, or we feel ashamed. Or we feel we, we don't have the authorization. Well, let me put it this way. As of today, you're authorized. Amen. I'm authorizing you. I'm authorizing you. I can say that because the word of God tells me to say that to you. You are authorized. Tell your neighbor you're authorized. Hallelujah. You're authorized. Don't wait, don't wait for, for people to be telling you what to do. You don't need a title. Do what you need to do. And as you do, then God will get that title over to you. But just be faithful first. In Acts chapter 6, when the first deacons were, were appointed... The, the, the apostles told the people, said, listen, get 
from you, from your community, seven men that are gifted, that are talented, that are leaders, that uh, are filled with the Holy Spirit, and tell us their names so we can appoint them over the business. They were already working. They were already serving. They were already being leaders in their community before they ever got the title of deacon. Oh, yeah, when I get the title, then I'll work. No, you won't. No, you won't. You'll do the same exact thing pre-title. You'll be the same thing post-title. Only those that are working before title work after title. Amen. Hallelujah. If there's real change on the inside, there'll be real change in, the, in your sphere of influence and family. Jesus saw his heart and declared that he was a true son of Abraham. Are we true sons and daughters of Abraham? Are we doing the work? The Bible says don't be a hearer. Do a doer of the word. Amen. And this is the year to do that. This is the year where we have 2020. 2020 vision. Right? Amen. This is the year where we transcend the limits of the past. And we are faithful to God. And activate that which God placed in our hearts. Zacchaeus was a terrible man. Dregs of society turned out to be the pure man that God called him to be. Yeah, we all have backgrounds. Yeah, we all have past. But from here on forward, the Bible says to us that we are new creatures, new creations. In Jesus, we're new. All things are new. The old, gone, past. Everything is new. 